Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Monday. I'm your host, Greg Mazzello, bringing you real successful people with real useful advice for people with big dreams. I understand big dreams. I turned an investment of $200 and a lot of great advice from some really successful people into my big dream, Proforma, that today is a half billion dollar company. Well, hello and welcome. Today I am joined by an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, somebody who through a business they co-founded and run today has helped over 25,000 entrepreneurs access over $5 billion to start or buy a business. I'm excited to welcome David Nielsen. David Nielsen, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me on today. This is great. All right. So let's start at the beginning because I love your story about a couple of things I want to touch on today. Of course, how you help people access the kind of money you've helped people access. I also want to talk about, I know you're passionate about entrepreneurs organization and young presidents organization. And I'm sure I know that as we chatted a little bit, they've been very helpful to you and you've been very helpful to them. And I think a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs need to understand what those organizations are and the difference between them. But let's start at the beginning. Just tell us a little bit, David, about, you know, your growing up years. Where did you learn your passion for owning your own business, entrepreneurship, and then what led you to starting Guidant Financial? Yeah, so I would say I, I mean, at a very early age, I think I was probably an entrepreneurial minded individual. I, I think a lot of it probably came from my father who owned his own business. So when I was you know, growing up, my dad owned one of the largest fresh Christmas tree companies uh, in the country. And so, you know, I, I got a chance to sort of watch him lead and grow an organization over the years. And I was always intrigued by uh, what he did. I think one of the best things he ever did for me was actually take me on a couple of different business trips with him when I was a teenager to see what it was like when he was traveling to Chicago or Atlanta, Orlando, excuse me, and interacting with his partners and his uh, business associates. And so I think I just, I, I was really gravitated towards that at an early age. And I remember in high school, I actually had a vending business that was sort of running out of my locker where I'd buy bags of candy from Costco and then take them to the, uh, the school and sell them at a markup uh, to my friends uh, at school. And so I uh, enjoyed that. And then as a kid, I also got my first job at Subway. I was a sandwich artist back in the day <laughs> and got to work with franchisees uh, managing three different stores while I was in high school. And so I got to see how those things ran, what it did for the entrepreneur in terms of their freedom, uh, their finances. Um, and so I just, it was something that I had lots of early introductions to. Uh, awesome. But ultimately, um, that led me down the path of wanting to have my own business someday. It just happened earlier than I thought. All right. So I know that you had a couple of other involvements prior to Guidant Financial, but talk to us about where did the idea for Guidant come from? And what were those first early few things that went made it go from an idea to an actual business? Yeah, so it's funny. I... I I, Guidant Financial is actually one of those companies that was literally started on the back of a napkin. Um, you know, at the time I was developing real estate over on the peninsula of Washington, we were buying up raw lots and then uh, getting them builder ready and then selling them off so that they could bring in more infrastructure for the troops that were coming in because of the war on terror. 
But during that time, I actually sat down with a real estate attorney. My business partner and I sat down with this real estate attorney, and we were talking about doing a much larger deal than we had historically done and that we might bring investment capital in. And that real estate attorney suggested to us that we look at self-directed IRAs as a way to fund uh, these transactions. And at the time, I had no idea that you could invest your retirement assets in something outside the stock market. So we learned a little bit about that and ended up ha- helping one individual invest their retirement assets in one of our projects. And uh, the project only took about three to four months. And when we turned that, the individual received a 30% return inside their retirement plan in less than half of a year. And thankfully, that person had a really big mouth and they just started telling their friends and family about this great deal that they had done and these guys that had helped them invest their retirement assets uh, into these different non-standard assets. And so my phone started ringing. And eventually, uh, we realized that there was a big business opportunity to take something that actually had been preserved traditionally for high net worth individuals and take that to Main Street American investors. And so when we first launched the business, it was helping people invest their retirement assets in everything from real estate to tax liens to private mortgages and small businesses. So uh, it sounds like this is an idea that pursued you rather than you pursuing the idea. But at some point, you got enough phone calls uh, and interest from people that it became a business. So how does it go from people chasing you to like a real business? Talk to us about that first year, forming the business and putting the pieces together, making it a business. Well, it's funny. My business partner was married to a realtor, a high-performing realtor. And so at that point, we thought, well, shoot, if we're going to help people invest the retirement assets in real estate, then let's go talk to every realtor under the sun and they'll just send us their clients uh, and we'll be off and running. Okay. Well, it turns out that for every one high-performing real estate professional you find, there's 25 to 50 that are doing it on a part-time basis. And so we kissed a lot of frogs along the way before we realized that hey, there may be a better opportunity. What really changed the business for us, though, is I was suggested by a friend to think about pay-per-click advertising, just buying keywords on Google uh, as a way to see if we could find people who were already looking for the things that we did. And back then, there was such little competition because we were really creating a category uh, that the price per click was less than a dollar. And so I put in a very small budget, 10 bucks a day. And the next morning I walked in, I had eight leads sitting in my console. And that had never happened historically. And so that was the day where we realized uh, that we could move outside of this just localized regional business opportunity and do something that could be much more impactful across the nation. And that was the that was the starting point. Incredible how sometimes just a moment in time can give us an inflection point that makes a huge difference in the business. Right. No question. In fact, it's funny. I think one thing that I would just note is I think early on, one thing that I heard over and over again is that. People don't get lucky. People are either open to the opportunities that present themselves or they're closed off from them. And so I just learned early on to just be open to everything that is happening around me and just be curious. And that that ended up working out well. Some people have things happen to them and they just say, isn't that interesting? Or maybe it's something they talk about at dinner. Or maybe it's something they dismiss out of hand. Other people see business opportunities in it. And uh I think that's the, I think that's a huge difference for many people is to pay attention. Like you said, pay attention to uh, things that, that come your way. Cause there could be a great business in it. All right. So I know you're very involved in the world of franchising and probably lots of other businesses. Tell our, tell our folks a little bit though, like just a, a few sentences, how can people access their retirement funds 
to start or buy a business just briefly? Yeah. So most of us are familiar with investing our retirement assets in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. So, you know, we send our money to a broker and then they help to facilitate this investment in a publicly traded company. And that, that company takes our dollars to build their business and we get to hold shares as collateral for that investment. We do that exact same process. We just do it in publicly traded, or excuse me, private companies. So for instance, Greg, if you wanted to invest your retirement assets in a business, you know, we would help you create a corporation and a 401k. You'd roll your existing retirement assets into that 401k, and then it would buy stock in that corporation, just like you'd be buying stock in Microsoft. Okay. You get to use those dollars to build your business and your retirement plan as a shareholder and gets to benefit from the growth of that business long-term. So people listening should understand that there, there are ways to turn their retirement funds into a more active, rather than a passive investment, an active investment, helping them empower their dream to own their own business or buy a business. No question. So by doing this investment versus you know taking a distribution where you pay taxes or penalties or getting a loan where now you have to pay debt, the investment is simply made in the business. There's no payment. There's no interest. There's no taxes. Uh, And to your point, it really, really uh, is something that is attractive to entrepreneurial minded individuals because they're already thinking that they're going to take control of the ownership, take control of ownership of their life. And so investing in themselves versus investing in something where they have no control over the performance of that asset is really intuitive. And the returns can be massive uh, for people that are going to take massive action and do some pretty exciting things compared to the kind of return you could get in the stock market or spiders or any of that kind of stuff. So, Absolutely. I mean, businesses are, are great tools for generating wealth. And it's, you know, like anything else, you want to be going in with eyes wide open and make sure that you're diversified in what you invest in. Uh, but in terms of the upside opportunity, you bet there's, there is certainly great upside opportunity for people that are successful in business. Are there any guardrails provided by the government or other agencies uh, around what kind of businesses this could apply to, what kind of acquisitions it could apply to, or is it pretty much a buyer beware, like investor beware? Yeah, I think, I mean, for the most part, there aren't any parameters in terms of the types of businesses that you can invest in. I mean, there are, there are great businesses in nearly every industry. Now, there are some operational uh, guardrails, which, you know, simply, simply put it, I mean, it needs to be a 401k plan. It needs to be a C corporation, which is a little bit different for most small businesses. On the flip side, they do need to actively work in and, and uh, uh, be a part of the business. This is not for passive investments. It's for active investments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll let our listeners try to discover on their own, the differences between a C corp and S corp and LLC. Um, but that, but you know, that is interesting. Why does it have to be a C corp, which is can be relatively an inefficient business formation? Uh, sometimes it's, it certainly is not the uh, the normal, but right. but there are some benefits to uh, C corporations. I think the main reason why is because you have to be buying stock, uh, and S corps you have to be human beings buying that stock, and in this case, it's a trust that's buying the stock. LLCs have member units, so they don't qualify. I got it. I got it. All right. So you've built a, a very successful business over approaching 20 years at Guidant Financial. And if people wanted to learn more, by the way, um, not that the job of Million Dollar Monday is to advertise, but nonetheless, if people wanted to learn more about investing their retirement assets, is it guidantfinancial.com? It is. Yeah. Just simply yeah. Guidant Financial. 
Yeah, I think it's amazing. And we've had some of our franchise owner perform as a franchise. We've had some of our franchise owners invest their retirement funds to fund their business or to fund acquisitions. So uh, it, it, is, it, it is a great thing. And it was something of which I was very relatively unaware for quite some period of time. Anyhow, all right. I know in building your business that you have over time gotten a lot of inspiration uh, from both entrepreneurs organization, young presidents organization. Tell our listeners, what are each of those? What are the differences between them and how have they helped you grow your business? Yeah. So EO is the entrepreneurs organization and YPO is the young presidents organization. Um, The main difference between the two, because they are uh, very similar in terms of the benefits that they can provide to people that are uh, running or growing businesses. Uh, EO is exclusively for the entrepreneur or the founder behind the business, whereas YPO is for the person who is operating that business. And so sometimes it's hired guns or, you know, um, so on and so forth. Uh, I've gotten, I would say, the the super majority of my personal and professional growth over the last 15 years has come from these organizations. Um, I'm a little bit newer to YPO than EO, but um, I, I think they both serve a great purpose in that when you're running a business, it can be very lonely because the people that you work with day in, day out don't want to hear about your problems or challenges. And sometimes you need somebody to talk to about those before you can even externalize that with your own team. And so they serve as Uh, great places to connect you with like-minded individuals in non-competitive industries who can help you think through some of the challenges and opportunities that inevitably come. Absolutely. Um, I think a struggle also, I'm sure you can relate to this. When there are challenges, you surely can't talk to your team about challenges because you don't want to put them on edge about the future of the business. You probably don't want to talk to your spouse or significant other about it because uh, no sense involving them in all of the worry. So I, you know, I remember, and I'll bet you remember nights you just stared at the ceiling, like thinking, oh my God, how's this going to all work out? Uh, would you say that the most valuable part of EO or, and or YPO is your forum, the forum experience? Yeah, no question. So there's, okay. you know, in both YPO and EO, you have this group of eight to 10 people you meet with on a monthly basis. And they're in non-competitive industries. So you can be very open about what's happening in your business. How are you struggling both personally and professionally? And I I actually want to make a a distinction about that. A lot of people say, well, keep business and personal separate. The reality is, though, for an entrepreneur, there is no such thing. Business is very personal. And they're so tightly intertwined. How you feel personally affects your professional and how professional impacts personal. So we, we address all these issues in those groups. And the forum has been absolutely invaluable. Well, you're dealing with the whole person, not just, you can't just slice off the business part. You know, I was a forum officer in YPO and we've had those conversations, but the the whole person is everything that's having a significant impact on your life. And gosh, in our forum, I think we saw, I think seven or seven or eight divorces, um, which none of us saw that coming during when our first retreat happened and we were all forming this new forum. But over the period of time, I was, I think seven or eight of the folks um, went through divorces and clearly they needed the support because now where do, where do they have to turn? Right. You you don't want to belabor your team about all of that. And, and um, sometimes you just lose friends and everything else through it. So very valuable. I think that's actually a really important point to just share, though. And I know this is off the topic of financing, but 
For entrepreneurs, I think being intentional in your relationships is probably one of the most important things you can do. Um, I, I personally uh, I ended up going through a divorce as we were starting up Guidance Financial. I had been married as a young kid and uh, unfortunately, like a lot of entrepreneurs, buried myself in my work and neglected a relationship that was very important. And so even today, like I actually teach family planning workshops for entrepreneurs to think about like how to be intentional with their families, not just their spouse, but their kids so that the people you love and care about the most um, don't end up suffering as a result of the ambition. That's a, it is a great point. Thanks for uh, mentioning it. I know, I don't know much about EO, but I know YPO has a lot of focus on family, family retreats and uh, lots of fun for the family uh, opportunities for children to kind of get involved in forums or other experiences. Yeah. yeah, that's good stuff. All right. So by what measure would you say how large is Guidant Financial today? Well, so I think, you know, you talked about this early when you did the introduction. We've helped over 25,000 people in all 50 states and from basically every walk of life uh, to start or buy a business. And if you look at those 25,000, uh, thousand businesses, on average, are, are the, the businesses that we serve employ 12 people. So you can see there's hundreds of thousands of jobs that wow. created as a result of the work that we're doing. And we also have approximately 200 employees across the U.S. And so we've got a relatively good-sized operation. The thing that makes me most proud, though, is when I look at like capital deployed on an annual basis, you'll see at the top of the list every year, the top SBA lender, Wells Fargo. And Wells Fargo put a couple billion dollars to work but they've got 100,000 employees, give or take. We've got 200 employees that help put about um, almost a half a billion dollars to work on any given year. And so the, you know, our small and mighty team is having a tremendous impact on small businesses across the U.S. And it's, it really is amazing because I think owning your own business is probably one of the top three to five dreams all Americans have, uh, and maybe all people around the world, right? In addition to maybe their faith, and their family, and then owning their own business. And so you're really helping people in the pursuit of some of their most important dreams in their life. No question. Our tagline is create the life you want. Uh, and the reason we did that is because the, you know, the motivation for going to business is different for every single person. Sure. Right. I think most people, if they're being honest, have sat in whatever job they have and looking at the outside the window, thinking about what am I going to do when I grow up? And I bet owning a business is one of the few things that are, are certain. Absolutely. All right, David, you've really helped hundreds of thousands of people uh, pursue their dreams or have better opportunities within other people's dreams and businesses um, and great for you. And you've built a great business and an organization for yourself and for your family, including your two beautiful daughters. And uh, um, so what are the big dreams you have for the rest of your life, the rest of your business? Yeah. Thanks for that question. I, you know, you said it a minute ago, I've got uh, two young daughters, three and four years old, uh, got a, this young family and I'm uh, excited about being the best dad I can. So right now I'm, I am learning on the fly and, and just trying to uh, lean into that as best as I can. Uh, from a professional standpoint, you know, we've helped, all, you know, over the last 15 to 20 years, we've helped so many people start or buy a business. And what we've started to do is, is evolve Guidant Financial to move away from just financing to now where we can help them not only find capital, but then uh, provide them with important business services that they need anyways. 
uh, but that actually take them away from the things that are most important in buying or excuse me, in building their business. And so things like payroll, uh, accounting and tax, 401k administration, and even we're starting to move towards uh, global talent as an opportunity to give better leverage to these entrepreneurs. Uh, that's what we're focused on is supporting our entrepreneurial clients through the life of their business. And uh, so I'm excited about going deeper in that as we continue to grow. Yeah, yeah, that is exciting. And then you told me about a new venture uh, that you're involved with. Yeah, so uh, in the midst of the pandemic, we made an investment in a global talent firm to help entrepreneurs across the U.S. to access new talent pools uh, in places like the Philippines or um, Vietnam, Kazakhstan, places like that. Uh, and the, the really interesting part about that is that we've been able to create more opportunity domestically because of the work that we're doing offshore. And so we want to take that capability and make that available to other entrepreneurs so that they can access uh, really qualified, great talent who can provide meaningful impact in their business and then create additional opportunity for the people that they here, have here on shore. You're, you're building a business on top, really, of the business, of the, the entrepreneurs that come through you, through your business. Um, being able to offer more services to them um, from those from just providing them with financing. Yeah. And, and in some cases we're actually helping them to access talent directly. So I'll give you an example, Greg, if you had a, you know, let's um, a real estate business today and you've got, you needed an accountant for that business. We can actually help people hire an accountant with the CPA designation uh, and they can save somewhere between 60 and 70% off of what the U S rates would be. Consequently, what that actually does, though, is it allows them additional resources to invest. And what we've seen with our clients is that they're they're creating additional opportunities for their existing here domestically. Well, as we teach our franchise owners, and I'm sure you know, there's only two ways to sort of grow a business on the sales side, and that's either go get new customers or sell more stuff or services to the customers you've got. And it's way easier to sell more stuff and services to somebody that already knows you, likes you, and trusts you. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Good on you, David. Uh, this has been a textbook kind of session on how to start a business, grow a business, and then build on that success. Thank you so much for taking some time to visit with me today. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.